Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio on the Airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Megan and Kelsey, who are really sorry that they don't know how to hit save when they upload a file. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Oh fuck. The The Garbage Fire Podcast is all about being unironically... Passionate? Passionate. <laughs> Something dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Holy fuck, <laughs> that was horrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought that my phone hung up on you. No, I was just like, that is the blankest my mind has ever been in my entire life. And I was in a panic. I was outside my body. I was having an out-of-body experience. It was horrible. Well, we're good now. Um, okay. Oof. I feel like no one's going to care. No, probably not. I mean, not I don't we... even know if anyone listens to this. Thing. It's true. It's very true. I don't know what's going on. Um, people clearly don't follow our Twitter anymore. No, I think I got muted a long time ago from maybe. a lot of people's places. It's possible. It might be maybe because you are the Hall Propaganda account. You think I should change it? Well, I don't I'm just I just feel like that could be a reason. What should I change it to? I don't know. This I would, is probably not a I would ask our listeners for input, but as we've just discussed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, sorry about last week's episode. I um didn't hit save when I uploaded on SoundCloud. Uh and so it was just sitting there, not saved. <laughs> and then when I shut my computer off, uh, I had to recover it. So then on, like, I think it was Wednesday, Kelsey texted me. He's like, hey, our episode's not up. And I was like, what the fuck? Sure it is. Nope, sure wasn't. Uh, and then I came home and re-uploaded it. And uh, again, forgot to hit save. Uh, so I know. I'm, I'm good now. That's so bizarre, though. I know. I, I'm, I'm good now. I got it under control. Well, excellent. I'm so glad. But, like, just a little bit little bit sad that nobody was like, hey, where the fuck is the podcast? To be fair. <laughs> but I did, like, social media posts that were, like, coming soon, 12 days of garbage fire, yada, yada, yada. That's true. That is true. Zero feedback. What's up with that, my yeah. dudes? I mean, it's a good thing that we're literally only doing this because we're super narcissists and don't actually fair. want feedback from people. <laughs> I do. We're just like, hey, let's listen to our, ourselves talk for a while. I love everyone. I mean, just I do too, do but I'm just saying. Me. Like, I feel like I feel like you know, talking into an echo chamber isn't the worst thing in the world. Well, you know, and that's because I do it every day. <laughs> I was gonna say, how many Twitter users are there? Um, let's see, doing a quick Google. Oh, no, I was thinking about, like... Why is this not just, like, a fucking number that... I don't know. I was just 20 million about Twitter how users can't be wrong. That's the joke I was going for. No, I was just thinking about at school, how I also talk into an echo chamber. No, that's... I know, but I don't have that. <laughs> I just talk to myself in an empty house. <laughs> <laughs> So yours is actually an echo chamber. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so now that we're over the sad details of our lives, uh, let's talk about something else that's sad. Oh no, what? I want to talk for a minute about Puck Soup. 
okay, go ahead. Just because, only because, I feel like, I mean, um, we, <laughs> the reason that we do this dumb podcast, mostly, is because we listened to Puck Soup a lot, and we're like, we're funnier than those guys, let's make a podcast. <laughs> Megan, Megan, neither of us have ever done anything as good as here's a bunch of scallops. No, I, I know, and I, I listened to that on Friday so many times. I listened to that, like, two and a half minute little bit. Um, so, in case you don't know or don't listen to Puck Soup or don't care, um, uh, Dave Liz was no longer doing Puck Soup. He, at the beginning of December, uh, told Wyshynski that he was, he needed... Uh, to step away, because he's got this uh, job writing for Katie Nolan's show, and he's got lots of other stuff going on, and he's super busy, and just can't put the time in um, that he wants to to be able to make it good. And, like, over the last month or so, you kind of know, I don't know if you noticed, but I kind of noticed, he would always be kind of, not not the same Lozo that had been, maybe, say, like, a year ago. Um, yeah, for sure. And that's totally, I mean, you know, whatever, stuff happens, and, and, and it goes on, but... It was really interesting because I woke up on Friday morning, like, super early for no reason. I was a little annoyed about it. And I was like, oh, there should be new Puck Soup today. So I downloaded it, and then I read the description. And it said something about, like, news about this dumb podcast. And I was like, uh-oh. What's happened? And then and then found out that, that Loza was leaving. And yes, I listened to that little bit from whenever it was, when the Capitals uh, beat the Penguins, I think it was, in that series. Uh-huh. With the here's a bunch of scallops, I listened to that like little two and a half minute bit many many times on Friday. It's very good. It really is. It was just so surprising. It is, but you know, I'm I'm fine with what Lozo's doing. Like he needs to take care of himself and putting energy that where he can't give it right now is is something that like I can definitely empathize with so yeah. I'm I'm sorry he's leaving but I'm I'm glad that he knows that that's a choice he has to make yeah yeah I'm I'm sorry that he that he's leaving as well because um, it was one of those things and I think one of the things that Wyshynski talked about on Friday's episode because I didn't actually listen to the interview that he did I was like nope give me to the news um, <laughs> which he acknowledged that a lot of people probably were going to do that. So, of course, he teased it a little bit, did then, like, put the interview in, and then did that stuff afterwards. Um, but one of the things that he said was that, like, um, yeah, like, you can't, something that, something about how Lozo said that his creative energy was gone. Uh-huh. And he just wasn't, and I was like, yeah, I 100% understand that. For sure. Because, like, you know, I work I work in a place where, like, you're on all the time. Yeah, and, and you have to constantly be essentially an originator. Every single day you have to come up with a new way to do something or say something. And for him, writing for television, it's just jokes, jokes, jokes all the time. Yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine how you could also go on to Puck Soup, which is really just clearly something they do for fun. They're not doing it for the money. No. Um... But even that would seem like work, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing. That was the thing I liked about Puck Soup a lot was just the way that. And I don't know what's going to happen. I'll listen, obviously, um, you know, kind of see what's up with whoever the new person is. Um, but I'm like, what I always found really interesting about it, and I think, and I know you and I have talked about this before too, is that like, it was a hockey podcast, but it wasn't really a hockey podcast. Uh huh. 
kind of like in the way this is a sports podcast, but definitely is not. No, like, I don't, are we going to talk about sports today at all? I hope not. I think this is maybe the sportsiest that we're going to do. This is it, yeah. Um, also, I was watching the Sunday Night Football game, and Aaron Judge was there. Yeah, I was watching with Chris, too, and he was like, oh, tell Megan. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of exciting. Uh, and also, uh, the Packers got eliminated from the playoffs today. So there's our sports talk for the day. Okay, well, yeah. check it off your bucket lists, everybody. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Puck Soup's gonna be different, and that kind of sucks because it was super fun. Um, but yeah, we will never have a moment probably as good and impromptu as here's a bunch of scallops. Um, Although I think, like, if I were to nominate myself as, a, a, you know, something close to it, I would say a horse named Feckless Cunt. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I were to nominate myself, it would be uh, the Jamie Ben joke about whether the food comes on a plate or in a box. Yes, I was just going to say <laughs> I think that, that would one. be my That moment. is your peak prime everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, I think the thing I was... It was funny. I was talking to Avery about um, the Puck Soup thing. I was like, oh, dude, that means if they do a live show, then, then Lozo won't be here. Like, mm-hmm. if they come to him. Because they'd, they'd kind of talked about, you know, doing some more live shows and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, then I guess I don't have to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was sort Sorry, of Wish, thought. but Lozo's the only reason I ever listened. Yeah, that's pretty much true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that's all I wanted to talk about about that. Okay, well, best wishes, Lozo. Just go on Zoloft like I did, and everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we might already have an episode title, and it's only been ten minutes. <laughs> the one with Zoloft and everything is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, right now, don't. Okay. Um, so, let's talk about Outlander. Yes, please. Because it's real good. And the preview for this week's episode, like, I obviously know what's coming because I've read the book and stuff, but looks so good. I, the thing is, is that because my shot has been fucked up for so long, um, I... I haven't seen any of the previews except for stuff that's being pushed onto their Instagram account. Okay. So I've, I've seen Brianna, like, dressed in the old-timey clothes, and I saw them talking about, like, um, Leary's not going to help her if she blah, 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 blah. Um, but I kind of like not seeing the previews. Mm-hmm. Because when I went in to watch this one, I was totally blind. I had no idea what was going to happen and who was going to be in it. And uh, to be honest, like... <sighs> What did you think about this episode? Uh, it wasn't my favorite of this season so far, I didn't think. Uh-huh. Um, there's something... I'm not sure what it is. Like, I've, I've, I mean, I like the story in the fourth book a lot. Uh-huh. Um, but this one... Like, it felt like they glossed over... A little bit. I mean, and not really, but kind of. It just is like, all of a sudden, like, here's Lord John. And, like, I get it, and I know why he's there, and everybody knows, why he knows like, why he's there. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second, because I have a lot to say about <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, like, I just, I, I, I just felt really, like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I felt because like... Because I, th- I think what we really want 
is another reunion, right? Like that's such a such an endorphin high. Like we've been looking forward to that for so long. Like ever since Claire left, we've known that. Like, Brianna's not going to let this go. Right. She's just like her mom in so many ways. But like wasting all this time on, I felt unnecessary drama. Yes. Instead of just getting to that. And then there's so much story that develops with the family in book four. Now that Brianna, obviously, spoiler alert, come on, is going to be there with them. Like, that's what I want to see. So, well, and this is the thing. Like, when you you said we've been, you know, we're waiting for a reunion. Like, yeah, sure, it was a reunion of sorts. It was, but, I but thought, like, it's the, not one that I don't think a lot of people care about. <laughs> no, and, and I mean, I thought the emotional payoff for, like, the reunion with Murtaugh was, like, a million times better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whereas this, like, I get it, and I understand, like, I get it, but at the same time, like, Claire's sort of like, oh, it just so happens that you happened upon us here? Like, you know, she's very like, come on, John. Come yeah, on. that conversation between them was amazing. But nope. I, I want to talk. I want to address a few things first. Okay, go for it. If we can. Oh, you, we um, can do whatever you want. <laughs> my, for, I wrote like a whole page of notes about this because I was like, I need to remember because you know how bad my memory is. Um, first of all, just really excited that Jamie was in pants. Mm-hmm. We get a full shot of him in pants, and that's always just like, oh, a treat. Adore. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, congratulations, Sam Hewen, on yes, all of that. truly. That you can look good in a kilt and even better in pants. Yeah. Who would have thought? Um, and one of my first major comments is, and this is just when he showed up, Lord John Gray is so horny for Jamie. Oh, yes. And shouldn't Willie be older? Yes. Like, what the fuck? Well, hang on. Jamie no. said he was six when he left yeah. Hellwater? Yeah. He's got to be, like, how many years ago was that? I don't think it was I that, that long. that was, like, ten years ago. No, I don't think it was. But, okay, this is where timelines fuck me up, and you know, you know how much I fucking No, I think, I, I, I have to look it up, but, like, my phone is being used, anyway, whatever, and I can't do other things on my computer when we're recording or we lose audio, but, um... I think, I'd have to double check, but I think... Okay, like, I have the power. Continue. Okay, so Jamie leaves Hullwater, and then when Claire finds him, from the time Claire finds him, until, like, they end up in North Carolina, is all things considered not that long, right? Like, considering the time apart that they've spent. <sighs> right? Well, and it, yes. And um, so... But I can't remember how long Jamie supposedly was in Edinburgh. Okay, here, I got it. I got it from Diana's website. Okay. See, I fucking hate this. Okay, it says... Um, bum, bum, bum. Willie is born in 758. Okay. And... In 767, Jamie and Claire lay foundations for their settlement on Fraser's Ridge. Okay. So, so yeah, that... eight? That would make it, make it, like, nine? Nine? Yeah, that was still so young. No, he looked like he was about that old. Ah. <sighs> 
it made me angry, mostly because I was like, no young boy can replace Fergus in my heart. Okay. <laughs> but he was also such a sullen child. But then I was like, oh yeah, his mom just died, so. Yes. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, I thought that Willie looked exactly like the ugly sister. <laughs> kind of, yeah. AKA his mom. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, okay, do you have anything to say about Willie? Because my next note is... Uh, left field. So, my thing with, with, like, I get that whole business. I was really bothered by, um, with, like, dealing with Willie, how he, like, um, treated Jamie, like, the help again. Yeah. And not because, and not because it's his father, whatever, whatever, spoilers, I guess. Um, no, just, just because, like, they're at, um, Jamie and Claire's home. And, you know, Willie's their guest, and, you know, his father, or whatever, Lord John, like, does his best to sort of deal with all of those things. The social graces, yeah. Yeah, and then Willie's just kind of a little shit. But he's been raised in a society where the social graces exist. Yeah. And so the fact that all of a sudden he's in the new world and, like, completely forgets them was sort of like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, but he's also just a fucking prick, I thought. He kind um, of is, but I thought he was that way in the book, so... Well, even when he was yeah. a small child, right? Like, Yeah, he's a very kind of petulant, even to Jamie. Yeah. I, also, Jamie was just like... That anecdote he told about, like, when Willie was three and he couldn't say no yet, he only said mo. Mm-hmm. If your kid is three and they can't say no yet, there's something wrong with your kid. <laughs> They should be saying things way before that. I interviewed my niece who was three on our podcast last year. Check it out. <laughs> uh, you sure did. I had lunch with your niece who is three and she said no a lot. Like <laughs> when I was did. like, hey. Plus a lot of other workers. Yes. I was like, hey, can I take, a, can you say hi to Kelsey on the video? No. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? No. Are you sure you're sure? No. <laughs> All right. Well, no Christmas presents for you. Yeah. <laughs> She's the best. I am, um, I, I'm going to see her on a little tangent here on, we leave on Friday, we're driving down for three days, um, to Saskatchewan to stay with my sister, and my sister had called me, uh, and Olivia was in that back seat, because Brittany was on Bluetooth, and she was driving around. Yeah. And she was like, you know what, I've been thinking, and I think we should write a letter to Santa so that we can do our gift opening on Saturday, because, like, you know, Chris and Kelsey are going to be here, and Papa's going to be here from Norway, and I was like, you know what, that's a great idea. I think Santa, like, he knows how much we miss each other, and we want to have Christmas all together, and Olivia in the the back, like, didn't care. She was like, Kelsey, I got a scratch on my armpit, and I have a band-aid on it, and it's incredible. (laughs) Speaking of armpits, another tangent. Um, My friend Amanda has, like, a a one-and-a-half-year-old, and they're trying to, she's had him on her Instagram story today, trying to say Merry Christmas, and the first video, he's like, Merry, and then I have no idea what he was saying, but in the second video, he was saying Merry Armpit. Hey, you're I, not wrong, kid. I was just like, you know what? I like this holiday. <laughs> I wonder I wonder now what I'm it looks down. like. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that happens in the episode is that um, 
like after the little meeting between everyone, um, Claire and Jamie have everyone for dinner, including Murtaugh. Yeah. And Lord John, I tried to write this down as fast as I can, but I swear the fuck this is what he said. He said in London, he was a member of the Society for the Appreciation of Beefsteak. English beefsteak. And if that's not like a euphemism for some homosexuality club, I don't know what possibly could be. I know. I was going to say, if that's what it is, that's super on the nose. (laughs) I know. I was like, really, dude? But like, sort of genius. Like, I feel like that's an Oscar Wilde move. Yeah. To be like president for the appreciation (laughs) of English beefsteak society. (laughs) And Lord John, considering who he is and his experience in governance, does not pick up the social clues that Murtaugh is obviously against the governor in Texas. Mm -hmm. He just like talks and talks and talks and talks and Murtaugh's like, yeah, but no, that's bullshit. A number of times, and he's like, "Oh, la 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 la." And I was like, "What the fuck, dude? You're a stranger here. Like, why aren't you listening?" Like, you are literally a guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, don't forget though that that Lord John was like, you know, back in the presence of his one true love. So, <sighs> don't forget, you know Kelsey. Don't forget when you're back in the presence of your one true love, you tend to lose your fucking mind. Oh my god, let's put that on a t-shirt, Megan. That's a quote. Alright. Um, uh, my next note was, of fucking course he travels with his chest set. <laughs> yep. And the sexual tension between Jamie and Lord John Gray during chess yeah. is uncomfortable so here's the thing i was thinking about this this too i didn't make any notes because i was like oh whatever but i thought about that too and i actually rewound and watched the scene twice because i'm kind of amazed again kudos to sam Hewen for this as well um that he has that ability oh for sure because it's not romantic on his side at all no but it's almost as if during this episode, you are, when, like, John Gray's in the scene, it's almost like you're through his perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's so bizarre how they made that so powerful in this episode. I don't know how they did it, but I was just, like, picking up on what his emotions should be. Like, those were the only things I could see. Yeah, yeah. And Jamie's just, he's just so good. Yeah. But... He's also just so pure, and I'm all, like, God, Jamie, every time you're just like, I'm just going to be just a nice law boy. I don't need to be a bad man. Well, and that's the the thing. (laughs) You just are. (laughs) A nice law boy. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing about Jamie that, like, bothers me, I think, in the show more than anything else, is that, like, in the book, I think he's, I mean, his character's written this way as well, but I think in the show you see it so clearly like, he is so pure and innocent, and and I'm just like, how is it possible that you are so fucking guileless that you still trust everybody when, yeah. when like, you know that you're just going to get straight fucked at some point in time? For sure. And, like, in Scotland, you had to deal with your own people and your own, like, kinsmen and clansmen being spies for the British all the time. Mm-hmm. 
like how can you just let that go yeah how can you let go that like half of everyone you know fucking died on a battlefield or from starvation afterwards yeah it's just like that's what kind of ticks me off about Jamie but on the other hand like his capacity for for love and for sentimentality is also one of the things that makes him so different from the other characters so yes well and it is so refreshing back and forth it's so it is refreshing in literature and on tv and whatever that like in this relationship between a man and a woman that the woman is the very pragmatic one yes most of the time i mean sometimes she also loses her mind uh, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and sometimes, she, and as we've discussed, she's also always down to fuck. But I, f- I find it really interesting that that role has been switched. And it's not like it's just on the show. Like, it's definitely in the books as well. Claire is so, and part of it is just, like, her wealth of knowledge that exists that Jamie doesn't yet have. Yeah. And, even, like, that existed before, like, before she went to... Yes, the pre- the fucking present. It's not the present though. The past present. I hate this fucking time thing. But um, in the twenty years, it's expanded so yes. much more. Yes. And, and so I find that really interesting. Like that. Yeah, Jamie does have that. Cap- I mean, Claire has that capacity um, for um, impulsiveness. <laughs> no, I was gonna say she has that capacity for like empathy and love and compassion as well. But oh, sure. she, she's much more. Um, She's much more guarded with it. She's much less, like, she's much more reticent and much less likely to just, like, share that with anybody. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think the conversation between her and Lord John was so fascinating. Because both of them were just very open and vulnerable with each other. Mm -hmm. And they treated each other like equals, but they're not. Like, in terms of how they stand with Jamie, I don't think Lord John is even top ten. No, but I think I think that Jamie respects John. Sure. And I think I think of of the people that he knows like intimately and not but you know, like just the people that he knows well. I would suspect that he would probably consider Lord John to be one of those people that he holds in very high regard. Now, would he also hold him in high regard if Willie was not in the picture? No, not as high. I think he still would, yes, but not as high. Yeah, I don't think it's as high. Like, I think Willie being part of it, I think, is definitely one of the reasons why um, Jamie holds Lord John in such high regard, but I don't think that, like, because, like, Lord John, he's very, he's very bright, um, he's very articulate, mm-hmm. um, and before Jamie realized that, that John was in love with him, um, he was, they were, they got along very well, like, there's all of that that goes with that, and I think that's just kind of part of, um, why is my phone beeping? I, that's, I think that's just part of that relationship, but I think having, um, uh, I think having that connection with Willie changes that. For sure. Um, but I just can't understand why Lord John Gray is still 
fucking, I don't know, 12, 13 years after he's met Jamie, just pining for him so much. Like, I just can't believe that he's still so horny for Jamie. So, here's the thing. I was thinking about this as well. And I thought about this when I read the books, right? Like, that's, you know. I think that what he's pining for is what he wishes it had been, if that makes any sense. Like, he wishes that he would have taken Jamie up on his offer? Yes. I don't know, because I think there's a point at which that, like, obsession and infatuation, which I don't think Lord John has anymore in that same way that he did. Oh, I think he does. <laughs> no, but no, I think, I think like, like time and I, you know, cause there's like time and distance and as we talk about time is a, is a, is a thing in this book. Uh, yeah. Right. But I think that like the time and distance has sort of, you know, gotten, um, Maybe like I'm trying. What am I? What am I trying to say here? As we when we remember things, we tend to remember only the good things and forget the bad things, right? And so all of these all of these years apart, um, you know, the four or five years or whatever apart since the last time Jamie saw John, I think you know he probably has blocked out some of those things, and then now he sees Jamie again, and there's this like you know this like romantic ideal right in front of him, uh, and, and then all of that I think comes like flooding back. Right? And I think that's more what it is than anything else. Because he knows intuitively that he cannot have Jamie. He is well aware of that. Yeah. So, that's what frustrates me. Because there's knowing something and then continuing to act in a way that pushes you towards that thing that you cannot have. Yes. Like, Claire calls him out and she says, you didn't bring yourself and Willie here so that Willie could see Jamie. You did it to allow you to see Jamie. And I 100% agreed with her. Yeah. Yeah, I I found that a very and then that, again, that's her like astute sort of observational ability that she has. Um cuz I kind of I mean, I thought the same way as well cuz like there's no possible way Willie's going to remember him. Well, if he's six. Yeah, but, like, not... If he's only nine now. Like, three years isn't a ton of time. But the thing is, if if this was about Jamie and Willie being reunited... Yeah. Then why not tell Jamie that it was going to happen? Yes. He just shows up. Yes. And then says, oh, I've left your long-lost son by himself, a nine-year-old boy, at the stream. Yeah. Do you want to go see him? Yeah. Like, that puts Jamie in such a vulnerable position. He doesn't yeah. even have the opportunity to process any of this. No, I agree. Or Claire. Like, how rude. And so I thought it was interesting the way the way that they end up getting separated through that episode, right? With Jamie with Willie and then Claire and John. Yes. Um, because it allowed for that very frank conversation between Claire and John. And I actually think that might have been the best part of the episode. I totally agree. Um, all the other stuff I didn't really care about too much. Like, Murtaugh finding out... I don't know. I really don't like how Murtaugh is 
he's so show-offy and making a spectacle of himself. And that was absolutely not who he was right. in Scotland. And I don't like this, like, rabble-rouser guy because he was more, like, duty and honor to the ones that you love mm-hmm. and that you will protect, not, like, taking risks when they're unnecessary kind of thing. Um, but the diagnosis of John's measles mm-hmm. was just... It just felt so shoehorned in. Yeah. Because they just to, needed a way to to get Jamie away. Yes, for sure. And it was just like, in the book, does any of this happen? I don't remember. I don't think it does. And do you know why I don't remember? Because like, so many other things in Drums of Autumn in the book happen that have not been touched on so far in the show and are probably not going to get touched on. Um, yeah. Because I think of all of the books, of the, uh, maybe of those first four anyway, because as you go on, they, they just get like more and more complex, I think, like the Harry Potter books in that way. For sure, for sure. Well, there's just so many different characters yeah. that take a huge part in the story. But I think in Drums of Autumn, I think there's so much stuff that goes on that with the, in the show, they've had to be like pretty exacting with what they're cutting. Um, and the stories that they choose to tell. But then in this case, like you mentioned at the beginning, like we've been waiting for this reunion. Okay. And then we get a reunion. But it's definitely not the one that we wanted. No, and I feel like Brianna's journey could be so much more than I'm assuming just the one episode it's going to be tonight. Yeah. Like everything for her, again, spoilers, I'm so sorry, but it's been 20 fucking years. For her to find the Murrays mm-hmm. and then go across the ocean, meet Stephen Bonnet. Uh-huh. Like, all of this stuff they have to do. Like, she deserves two at least episodes of her own. Oh, absolutely. And then instead... And that's why I was like, why, why are we doing a whole episode of this? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Just well, for Jamie to be heartbroken or just to make him vulnerable in this emotional state so that he's willing to accept Brianna like of course he's gonna accept Brianna of course he is there's no way there's no way that he wouldn't have accepted Brianna even if it turned out that like Brianna wasn't his child like do you know what I mean no if if she was Frank's kid he would still be like you're Claire's so you're mine yes like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't give a fuck. So, before we carry on with any Outlander discussion, as I'm, I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about The Walking Dead, because we're talking about time and, you know, all of these, like, weird things, these, like, weird payoffs that come when, like, characters are reunited and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. as I was watching last week's episode, that was the thing I kept thinking about. I was like, this, I was like, this kind of feels like a Walking Dead episode. Oh, really? Where oh, so it's just like putting people in places to have emotional moments. Yes. Without any any real, like, direction for what's going on. You know what? Lost did that all the time. And, like, I don't like that. No, I don't either. Because it doesn't really serve any point down the line other than this immediate moment yeah. and like that's not the point of long term storytelling I mean if at some point in time Jamie's gonna have to choose between like you know Brianna and Willie then that's different 
But he won't. No, of course. But I'm. That's what I'm saying. If you're telling like an original story, and that's sort of the way yeah. that you, then fine. But we know that unless they like go a very different direction. Do you also have this feeling? I don't know what it is, but every time I see Lord John, I'm just like, ugh, go away. Kind of. I also, but I when I saw him on last week's episode, I was like, hmm. You know what? If Lord John just, like, embraced this new, like, settler colonial lifestyle and grew a beard, I would hate him less. Uh, <laughs> he would never make it. I'm, I know he would never. I'm just saying, though, that if he were to make that choice, I'd be like, yeah, okay, you've embraced some of this, you know? Mm-hmm. This lifestyle. Because there's something about him, like, and, and I think they, they highlighted it pretty well. Like, he's such a fish out of water everywhere that he is. Like, he yeah, doesn't, absolutely. he doesn't fit anywhere. Well, that's because he's hiding half of his identity. Well, of course, least, so. of of course, and and I think that like what we caught from him last week, the same as when the last time he saw Jamie. That's like when he can be the most himself, right? Yeah. So when they're sitting there playing chess, as awkward and kind of uncomfortable as it might have been for Jamie and anyone else in that in that scene, um, that is where John has this ability to just like be himself. Yeah, and and be the truest version of himself. And I think that that when if you're going to reintroduce a character, and that's bring a good him, way to do it. And bring him back, then you have to allow them that opportunity. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I did appreciate like how he gave Jamie the chess set at the end. Yes. Like, because to me that was a little bit of a, I'm letting go. It's a little bit of a catharsis. Like, yes. I I have to move on, and I can't. Like, he's, he's being very, very toxic to himself. Absolutely. Like, to constantly try to be around someone who does not love you and will not love you is not good. But then, of course, we've got Willie, who's now much more attached yeah. than he ever was before. So it's even more problematic. But yeah. um, I wanted to talk about the measles aspect of it. Okay. Because I do live with a medical professional. Oh, okay. And so I asked him, what's what's the deal with measles? How does it present? What does it look like, feel like, sound like, etc.? Um, and they kind of got like half of it right. Because there's no... She says she was inoculated, which of course we get the mumps. Um, measles, rubella, combo. Yeah. Um, a vaccine when we're about one years old and maybe a booster later if you need it. Mm-hmm. But obviously they didn't have that then. Jamie had it as a kid, so he's not going to get it again. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no, even now, there's no treatment for measles because it's viral. Yes. So there's nothing you can really do except what Claire does, which is like try to manage his fever, try to keep him... Um, uh, full of fluids, etc., etc. Were you looking for the word hydrated? Yes, I was. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, um, what's she going for here? <laughs> but I was bummed because I was like, when I hear and think of measles, I think of the physical symptoms of it. Right. Because that's like the scary part that you see like on those, I remember going to school and it was like, MMR, vaccinate your kids, and it was this kid just like, it. Chris called it, it looks like you had a bucket of paint overturned on your face. That's like, you're red. Yeah. 
you're red, red, red. And there was, like, not a speck of anything on John Gray. There was a little bit, like, on his chest and neck, but not up onto his face. He was, like, he was, like, a little bit bit flushed, but not, like... Yeah, but the face is usually where it presents after inside the mouth, which is mouth, which is right where Clara looks first, obviously, because she knows what she's doing. Yeah. But I was just, like, this is the moment where you really could have amped up the reasons for his vulnerability and his pain because Mm -hmm. he's going through a terrible illness yeah where she literally cannot do anything but try to ease how awful it is for him and which like would then maybe have given given us a reason to feel a little bit of empathy toward him yes because because exactly because i do not feel any no no so that's why i was a little bit bummed about that um, because I thought that's something that they really could have turned up to 11 to mm-hmm. make this whole episode more powerful. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, if you, if you give him, if you give us a reason to feel like we're on, you know, like we, we feel for him somehow. Yeah, like if we actually felt like his life was in danger. Yes. Then you add some stakes to this conversation where he's saying things because maybe he doesn't think he's going to last the night and she's doing the same. Mm-hmm. But well, it just felt like and, and if he's no, gonna, I was if, like, he's not going to die, even if they changed it. No. Like, I don't remember the book, but they're not going to kill no, him right now. No. Well, and the other thing, too, is if you feel like, if, like, you feel like his life is in danger, then, you know, you kind of, you understand, like, okay, you know, maybe he didn't know he was sick when he showed up at their fucking homestead, but, you know, what if this is the last time that that he ever gets to see Jamie. What if, or what if he does know that he's not well? And, right. And he brought himself there in the hopes. In the, or brought himself and Jamie's son. Yes. Exactly, then, exactly. Yeah. Then there's some emotional involvement in that decision that makes sense. Exactly. And isn't just like Lord John being... Happenstance, being a creeper. Yeah. I agree. God, why don't we write for television? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure, um, but like, it's, but it's funny that you say that because like, I'm thinking about like just in general, like the sort of unrequited love thing, right? Because it's a very common theme in in literature and film and television, life and life. Is it ever? Um, but like, <laughs> continue. Um, but like, th- there comes a point, right? And like you said, where you have to sort of like either let it go. Or just accept that this is the way that it is and try and live your life. Yeah, it's like a piss or get off the pot situation. And there's abs, but, and like, neither one of those is ideal if you are the person who has those feelings. Agreed. But, but one of them, like you said, is much less toxic. Yeah, and it's also like, I think everybody reaches that point and where they're just like, why? I don't want to feel like this anymore. Yeah. Like, why Why would yeah. I want to constantly feel this day in, day out? Like, yeah. this person isn't going to change, so I have to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was... All in all, I give it a pass. I was, like, a six and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'm kind of like a five and a half. Yeah, it was not great. See, now I really understand why fan, sh- fan fiction exists. Because we could fix this. We could. And also, 
give us some actual payoff of the teeth of Jamie and Claire bathtub sex. Oh my god, that was, was such so a mad. great scene. Oh, the bathtub, they not follow through. The bathtub, like, that was so good. And then, yeah, the rest, I was like, oh. Because we know that those two, that their sex life is not boring. Oh, God, no. Like, it might not it's be like as... like the Cirque du Soleil of sex life. It might not be as frequent now as when they were younger. It, it sort of seems that way. Yeah, but uh, they're, like, horny 24-7. And maybe not... Yeah, they are. And, and I was going to say, and maybe they're not quite as vigorous about it as they were when they were younger. Please don't use the word vigorous. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm just... But I, you know that in, in the episode in season one when she, like, pulls the knife on him and threatens to cut his heart out if he hits her again? Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't... There's, there, doesn't seem, there hasn't been, and there hasn't been a situation for them to have that kind of, like, emotional, you know... Um, Hate fuck? Well, not quite a hate fuck, because it wasn't quite that. But no, they've just had, they, they haven't had a situation where there's been, like, you know, some kind of a crisis in right. a while, right? But yeah, I was like, oh, and then and then it just kind of, I was like, oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, because it, it could have been that moment where, like, he's, I think we both understand, like, the vulnerabilities and, like, the emotional places that they're both at. Like, her trying to reinforce love and affection for someone who, in that moment, is ready and willing to return it to yes. them. Because they're both missing parts of himself. Like, he's missing Willie and missing being part of his life. And any time that's brought up, of course, she thinks about Bree. Yes. So, like, I understand it. I just wish they would have developed that. Just a teensy bit more, just for me. Yeah, just 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 entirely for you. But yeah. no, I I felt the same way that it was like, and I think and I wonder if part of that is that the direction of, um, if the direction of the show has shifted a bit in that respect, away Be- from naughty times. Yes, and and because, um, because they're not horny teens anymore. Yeah. I don't know. They still do it later on. Well, they do. Yes. And, like, that's what we watch the show for, my dudes. It's true. Know your audience. It's true. But I'm excited for tonight. Are you going to stay up and watch it? Yeah. Why is it on at 11, though? I don't know. So late. Last year it was on at 10. I want to see if it actually is on at 11. I'm on your shot free range on my tablet right now. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it is on at 11. Uh, da, 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 da. What channel is it on? Uh, oh, shit. Spaceballs is on later? W. W? Yeah. So we both watched... Oh, yeah. It is on at 11. Fuck. Ooh, but it... Till twelve twenty, so that's great. Yeah. Um, we both watched a, the Christmas Chronicles. We did. I would just like to point out that we just talked about Outlander for like almost forty minutes. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> for an episode that we have that at best was... are giving like a satisfactory. <laughs> yeah, it's you know 
sometimes those satisfactory rubrics are the hardest ones to place. It's true. Um, plus, there weren't as many jokes, so I do apologize mm-hmm. for that. Um, so, let's talk about Christmas Chronicles. Let's do it. I liked it. I loved it, Megan. Yeah? <laughs> I was like, so, because Chris and I watched it on Friday night, and then we watched um, Home Alone 2 afterwards. Okay. Which I hadn't seen, I don't know, in 15 years, probably. I think I've only seen it, like, once or twice. So I had a very, like, Christmas movie evening. Yeah. But I thought that The Christmas Chronicles is, like, an instant classic. I thought it was wonderful. Okay, so what did you like? Um, I liked that it was, like, geared towards families. Yes. Uh, and I mean, like, you know how I feel about sappy, like, Hallmark Christmas movies. I love them. Like, an awful lot. But I like that this one wasn't. Yeah, because it wasn't like this fish-out-of-water woman isn't looking for a man, but she stumbles into a Christmas town, and look, they sell Christmas men. Like, it wasn't that at all. It was very family Can we come back to the idea of a Christmas man when when we're done with this? Because I have a thought. Okay. Okay. Christmas man, writing it down. Okay. So yeah, I did like, as you did, that different direction and also different audience. Because there are a lot of those Christmas films that, like, really aren't for the whole family to watch. No. And I mean, like, they're, they're, those Christmas movies are, for the most part, though, so they're pretty benign anyway. Like They are. But, but like, which kid wants to watch a fucking love story 80 times? Yeah. When, especially when, like, you could literally watch one Christmas movie and watch the same love story. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I really liked like? it. I thought it was lots of fun. Me too. Did you laugh? I did. When did you laugh? Um, I actually, well, I can't remember the first time that I laughed, but when they were in Chicago on Lakeshore Drive, um, and the cops showed up. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you would. And I was like, hey, that's Winston. <laughs> <laughs> And I loved how he's just, like, immediately, like, yes, on board. This is Santa. Yeah. And then at the cop shop, he's also like, I knew I wasn't crazy. Yeah. And he's just, like, jive into the music during the song. He loves it. That was hilarious to me as well. Um, I thought that the opening, though, like, with um, the family, like, seeing the family age over their Christmas videos, yada, 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 each year. Yeah. I felt like it just felt so contrived and blah. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel... Like, in other movies, you see, like... Not necessarily found footage, but you see people watching footage of their, you know, lives and in the past, and it just feels way more authentic than this did. It just felt like, who are these tapes for? Yeah, kind of. Are they for the daughter to watch as soon as the dad dies? Because, like, that's all I can see that it was actually for. It right. seemed like such a plot device. Right. And it's, and if and maybe if there were, like... And maybe there were, and they just chose not. But, like, maybe if there had been stuff that wasn't just Christmas... Yeah. Then it feels a little different. For sure. And also, like, as the movie develops, they really didn't need that videotape plot point at all. 
all. It could have been just like mm, except that I would Dad's I, gone. I'm I need to see Santa. I need like we don't have the same Christmas experience like this this Christmas I need something and I know Santa's real and so I'm going to do it. Like it could have been that. Except that like her brother's reactions as he got older in those videos I think made it necessary to show it when you like saw him that he had written a letter to Santa that year. Right. How he's less and less Yeah, he's less and less like he gets that, that knife. Sorry, spoilers, I guess. So he gets no. that that <laughs> that knife and then he's less enthusiastic about Christmas kinda after that one. And then dad's gone. And so I yes. think that, like, I think that having those videos and showing the shift in him, because the movie wasn't about her. No, not at all. Right? It, it was about him, and that's totally fine. But I think having that shift in him, and then when you, like, learn near the end that he had actually written a letter, like, a handwritten a letter to Santa, mm-hmm. I think that makes a difference. Yes, I totally agree. But that also could still have been, like, her wanting him to help her with Christmas and him just being like, no, you're a baby. Mm-hmm. No one believes in Santa. Like, it could they. I don't know, I don't think... Because they dropped it so quickly. As soon as they met up with Santa, mm-hmm. she just forgot about recording him. So I just felt like that kind of... Also, the thing that I found really fascinating is that for someone who has... Like, I'm not sure how long their dad had been gone. It's the first Christmas without him, sure. But you would assume that at some point in time in the last however many years, someone would have watched those videos. And the one where she sees, like, Santa's arm was 2009. Yeah. And this is, like... That's why I'm like, what are the videos for? And this is, like, 2018. Yes. And so there's been that video. They've had this video footage for nine years. (laughs) Proof of Santa Claus. Yeah. And no so one's looked on at it? Sitting on gold mines. Sell that shit to National Enquirer. You'll make millions. Anyway. But yeah, I totally agree. I, I was... Um, <clears throat> I was fascinated by how... I thought that Teddy, the brother, was just a dead ringer for Oliver Hudson. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, whoa. But then Teddy also looked exactly like this guy my sister dated for like eight years. So it was just like... This is a weird experience mm-hmm. to see this weird child's face that looks like someone I used to know. Yeah. But I thought watching it that three times the movie could have just done a heel turn and turned into a horror film with like no effort. Oh, absolutely. Like the first time I wrote these down, when when the sleigh crashes and she's face down in the snow. Yeah. Like, immediately that could turn into a horror film so easily. Like, she's either A, dead, or B, like, a zombie. (laughs) And then when she climbs into the bag and happens upon the elves, Mm -hmm. and they, like, jump on her, I was like, oh, no, they're gonna freaking Those elves, I thought, they reminded me of the fucking gremlins, so... They did! I'm not, like, crazy wild about the artistic choice there. And then the third time is when one of the elves uses the saw to cut that grate out of Mm -hmm. the uh, prison cell. Mm -hmm. And he just, like, looks through it, and he's like, Santa! (laughs) So (laughs) hilarious, but also terrifying at the same time. 
And I was just waiting for it to be like, oh, no, this is dark. So I want someone to cut this as a horror film, because I think it would work with, like, no effort flat. Oh, probably. But no, what I just, else did you like? Um, I just, I like, like I said, like, I like the tone. I like that the audience was, it was a family movie for sure. But I also really liked, um, like, I really like Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. And I kind of always have. He's very likable. He is. And he I just be- has this charisma. And I believed him as this Santa who's kind of done with, like, Santa tropes, you know? Like, oh, for sure. And he's just like, ugh. Yeah. Tabloid. Like, first of all, not that fat. Second of all, I don't do ho ho ho. Third of all, uh, no. Like, he's just yeah. very. Yeah. And I don't do miracles. And, like, yeah. he makes up all these rules for himself. And I know also, how to hotwire a car. What I liked, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. And, I, like, and he knows how to hotwire a car. Yeah, for sure. Which I thought was great. <laughs> he's got some interesting skills. But yeah. You know, if you've been doing it that long, I guess. Um, But what I also liked is how he was able to be a little bit subversive and know that at the end of the film, you know that it wasn't really about Katie at all. No. He was there to, like, ensure his assistance for Teddy. Yeah. And, like, he has some lies and some things that he does throughout the film that make you believe that he needs these kids and mm-hmm. they believe that he needs them but mm-hmm. he actually doesn't well and and when when katie is up in the north pole i did have an observation that i was like oh i have to remember to tell kelsey i thought when she got to the north pole it reminded me a lot of the bank in um harry potter yes that's what I thought, too. So much of this, I was just like, this whole look, like, his office, his study, yeah. is absolutely the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, but, like, when I, and I mean, I don't know enough, I, I, and I can't remember many of the details, and there were obviously no, like, fucking piles of gold coins, but just the way that it was sort of, the way that it was sort of all put together, it reminded me of, like, a cross between, like, that and the library of Riley's mind and Inside Out. Yeah, and also, like, Shrek. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, but, but but it was, like, a fascinating... I like that creative imagining of what the production of Christmas is. Like, yeah. his bag is a portal to the North Pole. Well, and what I really like, too, is, like, other movies, like Elf and other movies that, like, end up at the North Pole, what you get is, like, the elves working in the toy factory, yeah. And you get all of that stuff. This was a very different look at how that all works. Yeah, they were almost like I think other films show them as like <laughs> slaves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that's not putting it very mildly and maybe not politically correct, but essentially they are and they work for Santa and they create things and he doesn't. But here it's like a very it's very much a collabo. Their assistance too. The manager. Yes. Yes. No, it was. I'm. I'm glad we watched it. I. It was. It was good. Did you like the song? I did. I loved the song. I was like, I need to download this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so good, and he like crushed that fucking musical number. Like Kurt that. Russell, he was perfection. I liked uh, Goldie Hawn there at the very end. Me too. I thought that was so sweet. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. 
And I thought that would be more Oliver Hudson, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I thought there would be two. Sorry, I just got a little bit distracted. I found this thing on BuzzFeed. It's about Christmas movies, which we'll do after this. But in okay. the sidebar, it's like literally just 22 really hot photos of Chris Hemsworth from 2018. I saw that headline, <laughs> too. Uh, I did not click on it yet. No. But, you know, got a whole week ahead of me and nothing, so you gotta keep some. It's true. So, yeah, I loved it. I think five out of five. I would, for sure, absolutely. Watch this film immediately. Yeah. Also, like, watch it with your family. It's so lovely. It is. It is really fun. And so cute and, um, just I, very wholesome. The other thing I really liked about it, too, is, like, yeah, sure, they have the single mom and she, like, she's overworked. Like, there's that whole, like, kind of, it's a little bit tropey, but at the same time, she's just sort of at the end of her rope and she's like, you know what, just don't fucking kill each other, please. Yeah, just, like, what she's asking of them is not yeah. unrealistic. She's just like, I just want you to try to get along yeah, and just, like, <laughs> honor your father's memory and try to make this Christmas not hell for me, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, just please stop being dicks to each other for mm-hmm. one goddamn day. <laughs> Which, like, I know you're an only child, but <sighs> someone who has a sibling, it's difficult very difficult. I believe it. But yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, it was it was totally worth watching. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Are you ready for this? Yeah, hit, hit me. This BuzzFeed thing is it is called Direct a Christmas Movie and we'll tell you which character would be in it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, first question, where is your Christmas movie set? New York, Boston, London, on a cruise ship? In a village in Alaska or Paris? Oh, a village in Alaska. Give me a break. Okay. Um, choose a mysterious gift that you will receive in the beginning of the movie. So, unfortunately, these are just photos. Um, I will describe them to you. Are you ready? Yes. They're all boxes. <laughs> they all have bows on them. The first one is wrapped in white paper. There's a pine cone and, like, a sprig of a tree on it. Um, second one is wrapped in what looks to be, like, kind of, like, plain newsprint with a red string tied into a bow. Third one is a very nice, um, brown with, like, a, not brown, I don't know what, I can't really tell the colors. My monitor's not great. But it's got a matching bow. It's all very color-coordinated and and fancy and something I would never do. Um, the next one is, looks like brown paper with a white bow, and it's, like, really quite a small box. There's one with red, again, tied with some string. It looks kind of like twine. And then the last one is gold wrapping with a gold box. Um, I will take the first one. I kind of thought that's the one that you would take. I don't know what that says about us. Okay, choose a celebrity who will make a five-second cameo appearance. Are you ready? Okay. Ariana Grande, Rihanna, Beyonce, Britney Spears, I think that's Britney Spears, Kim Kardashian, or Lady Gaga? See, the thing is, who would do it? And the answer to that is Britney Spears. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the only real answer is obviously Beyonce, but yes. 
Yeah, like, you have to be realistic. Who plays the love interest? Are you ready? Oh, this is so great. Uh, Ezra, Ezra Miller, Donald Glover, Noah Centineo, Tessa Thompson, Emma Stone, or Shannon Purser, who is Barb from Stranger Things. Yeah. Fuck. I want all of them. Uh, Noah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I just watched most of To All the Boys I Loved uh, earlier today. I know you texted me. <laughs> okay, uh, set the table for a crucial holiday dinner scene. Again, these are all photos, so I'm going to go with um, word picture. some descriptions. Um, kind of like a rustic sort of table setting. There's one that's very color coordinated. You've got your red and green, and uh, on each plate, there's like a little ornament to set the scene. Nice tall champagne glasses. The next one looks to be uh, like a small sort of intimate dinner for two. Um, I'll take that one. Okay. I don't need to do the rest. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, the person who the character is going to be in our movie is the adorable kid who helps everyone believe in love again. So there you go. That's the character that's going to end up in our Christmas movie. Oh. Oh, that's our answer. Yeah. Okay. So here's the their description. Character... It's like, in this in this one, it's like, the example is, um... So it's uh, Emily. <laughs> no, well, yes, but no, it's like the little kid from, uh, fucking Love Actually is the picture that they use. The boy? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it says here, you're the wide-eyed cutie pie who's wise beyond your years when it comes to love and happiness, and you're always there at the right place in the right time to offer up your wisdom to all the stressed-out adults. Basically, your I whole... mean, like, is that not my biography, Megan? Well, here you go. Uh, you're holding all of Christmas together, kid, and we don't know what anyone would do without you. Fucking right. So, basically, Olivia... Uh... It really hit me in the chest. <laughs> Unexpectedly, wow. Deep cut. There you go. I love that. There you go. Um, can we just talk about how BuzzFeed's real great? Oh, I love it. I've got, like, I was, as soon as you said that I went on now, I've got, like, eight tabs open of things I want to look at later. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the artist reimagining of Disney princesses noir. Yeah, hit me up. I will absolutely love the shit out of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, that was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, really, we should always just... Um, oh, here's another Christmas one. What's this? It's about decorating a Christmas tree, which is the thing I have chosen not to do this year. <gasps> really? Yeah. How come? i uh, just not really feeling it. Like, I keep thinking about, hey, I should decorate a tree, and then I'm like, oh, that seems like a lot of work, and then I end up baking cookies instead, because I don't want to decorate a tree. But at least you're still feeling, like, a little bit of a holiday spirit, because baking is such a fun way to do that. Yeah, like, I'm making some cookies, well, I'm not making them right now, because they would be burnt, because we've been on the phone for a very long time. Um, I, uh, I made some cookies earlier. And some of them are to take to, like, a thing on Friday, and others, the rest of them are to, like, wrap up into a gift for someone, so. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I do what I can. You do. You do too much, as I've said to you many times this week. Yeah. Oh, here's another, um, oh, shit, I just lost it. Fuck. 
I gotta find this one because the heading of this quiz was eat a ton of potatoes and we'll tell you your best quality. I was like, I love potatoes. Oh my God, Megan, I'm 99% potatoes. Give me that quiz. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay, uh, pick a French fry. Steak fries, crinkle cut, waffle fries, or sweet potato fries? Repeat. Steak fries, crinkle cut, waffle fries, or sweet potato fries? What are steak fries? Those are like the big fat ones at Red Robin. Um, crinkle. Okay. Um, uh, pick a kind of mashed potatoes. Smooth, chunky, mashed sweet potatoes or cheesy mashed potatoes? No garlic? Well, okay, whatever. Well, I can't choose one that's not on there. Well, let's just say that all of them have garlic except for the sweet potatoes because that would be kind of gross. Yeah, that would be gross. But okay, garlic, I'll take the regular. Regular garlic mashed potatoes. Okay. I'm with you on that one. Um, pick a kind of chip. Kettle chips, ruffled chips, sweet potato chips, or barbecue chips. What is with the fucking sweet potatoes? I don't know. No ketchup? No. I will take ruffles, because then I can dip them. Okay. Pick a side dish. Potato salad, roasted potatoes, potato pancakes, or hash browns? Roasted. With garlic? Of course. Pick and an, like a thousand herbs. Pick an appetizer. Potato skins, Hasselback potatoes, tater tots, or loaded cheese fries? <sighs> what was the first one? Potato skins. Potato skins. Those are always dicey because they can come with sour cream and bacon, which... Is a no-go for me. These do I'm, have sour cream and bacon on them in the pictures. So. Yeah. See, I've learned many a time. Yeah. I will go with cheese fries. I was going to say, obviously you're picking cheese fries. <laughs> you're <laughs> going to regret it later on. Oh, for sure. I had calzones tonight that were full lactose cheese, and I was like, you know what? I might need to sleep in a different bedroom tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pick a kind of baked potato. Plain baked potato with butter, loaded baked potato, twice baked potatoes, or baked sweet potato. Fuck off, sweet potatoes. You shouldn't be in the potato choice. The answer... You're not a potato. Is twice baked potatoes. Yes, it is. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> and now a fancy potato dish. What the hell? What the fuck are these? Uh, potatoes, uh, dauphin dauphinoise, I think. I don't know. Uh, fondant oh, potatoes? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. like scalped. Yeah, okay. Uh, Duchess potatoes or palm aligo? I don't know what that is. But they look like it's potatoes in dough. Um, I'll take ones that look like they have cheese on them. Uh, so the scalloped ones. Yes. Uh, your best quality is that you are brave. You're never scared to try <laughs> new things or take big risks. Nothing is too unfamiliar or risky and you live your life with reckless abandon. The potatoes <laughs> have failed us. <laughs> Potatoes, how dare you? Oh. So my potato diet reveals something about my personality. Who would have thought? Apparently. Anyway, there you go. I have some would-you-rathers that are Christmas-themed. I'm on it. Let's do it. Would you rather chug a gallon of eggnog at once or sit on a mall Santa's lap for an hour? Oh, God. A gallon of eggnog? A gallon that is, at once. You have to chug it. Well, that is so much eggnog, and I would much rather do that than sit on a stranger's lap for an hour, so there we go. Fuck, it would kill me to do it, but 
Like for real. Like I don't even like. I don't even like some people that I like. Never mind people that I don't know. Yeah. You know. There's just there's just something weird about Malsanis. Yeah. Okay. Malsanis. Okay. Um. Have it be true that Christmas trees feel pain and scream when you cut them down? Oh, I hate this question. (laughs) Or have it be true that Christmas cookies feel pain and scream when you eat them? Trees. Yeah, because I could get a plastic tree. Well, but also you only cut one tree. How many cookies do you eat? True. Right? I'm not going to give up cookies. No, but even if, but regardless, you're only going to cut one, you are only going to have one Christmas tree. And you're going to have yes. dozens of cookies. So I feel like the pain of one thing is better than the pain of dozens. <laughs> is this, like, murder one person to save many? Yeah, this is, we're, we're, we're getting into, like, moral imperative territory. <laughs> okay, would you rather never receive another gift from anyone ever again, or be forced to give everyone in your family a sex toy as a gift? Never receive another gift. I agree. Fuck gifts forever. Yeah. Uh, grow a permanent Santa beard or permanent reindeer antlers? Beard. I'm going antlers. I think it would throw off my center of balance too much. I feel like it would create a center of balance for me. <laughs> Maybe. Although, like, I can just imagine you when you first grew them, like, just walking into stuff. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, not being used to these things on your head so that you could, like, touch, you know, the like, tops of door frames and stuff. Yeah, like, I'd be taller, and that would be just hell. (laughs) Would you rather have the elf on the shelf be alive, or have Santa actually in your bedroom watch you sleep at night? Um, does the elf on the shelf have to be alive forever, or can I kill it? Okay, wow, man. Well, no, because, like, it's it's a fair question. Interesting how you didn't say, can I kill Santa? Well, because here's why I'm going with the elf on the shelf being alive, because if I can kill it, then it's not a problem, right? Um, you could also, like, put it in a cage. Yeah, I, I think... That seems worse than killing it, though, doesn't it? Yeah, probably. But all I'm asking is, like, if I can murder the elf on the shelf, <laughs> then I would rather have it be alive than have Santa in my bedroom watching me sleep. See, I'm going to go with Santa because it's just, like, there's no time thing here. The Elf on a Shelf is, like, all fucking Christmas season. Yeah. And it's small. Yeah, but once you kill it, it's not a problem. I guess so. But Santa's, like, one night and you're done. He's just watching. Yeah, no, I'm, what am I saying? When you just said that one night and you're done, he's just watching, I was imagining um, Jake Peralta being, like, title of your sex tape. Oh my god, he's only watching. Do you remember what the title of my sex tape was? No. Fuck. It was so good. I can't remember. God damn it. Okay, would you rather reach into your stocking and find a dead mouse, or reach into your stocking and find a live mouse? Um, I think a live mouse. Because I already picked a live mouse up by the tail and threw it outside once, so... But when I had a dead mouse in my house, I, like, scooped it up with the had a Had a just fucking rockin' concert? <laughs> no, I, uh, I I scooped it up with a dustpan. So, yeah, I'll take the live mouse. Thanks. <laughs> okay, would you rather have a red light-up nose like Rudolph or be trapped inside the body of a reindeer? 
Um, does the nose light up all the time? See, this is my question. I think I'm going to go what with the nose. What is the indication for makes, making the nose light like, up? Like, does the nose light up when you're, like, super horny? Then that case... Oh my god, Megan, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Which is bizarre, because that's not how it works for Rudolph, is it? I, how do we know? Oh, touche. <laughs> I was just thinking that, and when you said that you were going to say that, I was like, well, apparently distance doesn't affect us, so here we go. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, it depends on the indicator for the nose, but I feel like the nose, I think that's something you could probably control. Oh, really, fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay, so would you rather have a Christmas tree decorated with just taxidermied rats? <laughs> or which they could be dressed up festively I guess <laughs> or have a tree decorated with just pictures of Guy Fieri's face <laughs> um well I was thinking when you said taxidermied rats I was thinking to myself um were they like rats like in that museum that we went to in Sweden like the oh bad my taxidermy? god those terrifying taxidermies uh, cause in that case Guy Fieri all the way <laughs> But if they're, like, if they're, like, um, rats, like, I don't know, like, Splinter from the Ninja Turtles, whatever. So, like, six-foot-tall rats around your Christmas tree? What? No, but, you know, ones that, like, aren't gross and rabid? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, but I guess I've solved my problem. I don't have a tree, so there we go. Okay, Ten times every day forever. Um, ten times every day forever. Okay. It's only like, it's only like thirty. Only thirty minutes. Yeah, it's like thirty-five minutes of your day, and I could be doing other things. Okay, so ending on a nice one. Would you rather wrap a perfectly cube-shaped gift and have the pattern on the wrapping paper line up perfectly? I feel like the answer to that one is going to be yes. Or take a bite of a warm, perfect sugar cookie. Oh, the present. Yeah, the present is way more if satisfying. The, if the kind of cookie was uh, a gingerbread cookie, like a soft gingerbread cookie, mm. then I might have to change my answer. But okay. But I think because when I, I don't know about you, but when I wrap presents, I like to try and match the pattern anyway. I just try to get through it. As best I can. <laughs> and so that's always very satisfying when it works out. Because as soon that's as you said true. it, I was like, yes, the answer to that one is yes. Yeah, it's just yes. All of it is just yes. Yeah. Um, did anyone send you any questions? No. I know what's happening, dudes. We well, it's a you. Sunday, and we're so sorry. Yeah, we're trying. We're doing Life our best. We're doing the best we can. I, I did get some questions though from Mike. Yes, Mike, you are our Christmas miracle this year. It's true. He really is. Um, somebody has been whammed. Um. RDC has been whammed, she says, twice this month. 
I still have not been wound. I haven't either, and I told the guys at work about it mistakenly, and I was like, oh, shit, what are you doing, idiot? Because um, <laughs> now they're going to do it to you? Except also they forget things, so I feel like I'm okay. Okay, good. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm all right. And there's only one more week of listening to music, like the moving music and stuff, so I right. think I'll probably make it through. Oh, it might come up on there, though. It could, and, it, and I mean, in that case, like, I can't get away from it. But if I can make it, I mean, tomorrow's already the 17th. So Shit, really? Yeah, oh so God. I'm making it all like two and a half weeks. If I can make it two and a half weeks without hearing that song, I think yeah, I'm okay. That's pretty good. And it's funny because at home I have uh like in my car I have um 92.5 on as like my radio station. Cause I don't listen to the bear much anymore because I don't understand the music that they play anymore. And I'm just like, oh I'm getting too old for this. Um, oh my god, I know. Because when I started listening to The Bear, like, 20 years ago, uh, I listened to The Bear because they were playing, like, quote-unquote modern music, and K-Rock was playing, um, like, classic rock that was, like, 20 years old. Yeah, uh, it's like Foo Fighters. Yeah, but now, <laughs> what I would like to hear on The Bear is music from when I was, like, 20. <laughs> So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I just listen to that on my phone. So my radio station right now is 92.5, and it's all Christmas music all the time. So every time I, like, unplug the cord from my phone, it, as soon as I unplug it, it, like, goes back to the radio station. So it's always just a danger. Oh, no. That I could unplug, and then all of a sudden, there's last Christmas. Can it happen any moment? It could, but it, so far it hasn't. I've been pretty lucky. Also, I have listened uh, to a lot of Celine Dion's Christmas album. On my phone. Uh-huh. Uh, and also Mariah Carey's. And also Sarah McLaughlin's. Oh, I didn't know Sarah had one. It's really good. It's called Winter Song. You should get it. It's phenomenal. I really like... Um, Kelly Clarkson put one out a few years ago, Wrapped in Red, and it's really good, too. Uh, boy, did she. It's great. Do you know who needs to do a Christmas album, I think? Carly Rae Jepsen. No. <laughs> Very I different direction. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking along the lines of Adele. Oh my god. Right? She's winning Grammys for it, for sure. Like, I because every time, my, my sort of, my judgment of good Christmas music, apparently this is what we're talking about now. Is, is Divas? <laughs> no, is how good, because I also have on my, like, playlist on my phone the Canadian Tenors Christmas album, which is really good. Um... Is the rendition of Oh Holy Night. That's like my, that's my barometer. Your baseline, yeah. Yes. Because it's not my favorite Christmas carol. But you need a good voice to do it. Yes. But my favorite one is the first Noel. And lots of people don't put that on an album if they record one. Why? I'm not sure. I just, I find it's less common. Um, Probably because it's like, musically it's kind of... Blase. Like, there's, like, six notes. Uh, there's many more than that. I just sang it today. But, um, <laughs> it's my, by far my favorite. But it needs, like, I feel like it always needs, like, the organ and a big chorus and all of that. It's not great for, like, a solo singer. So, like, yeah, it doesn't sure. work. Whereas, like, Oh Holy Night works really well for just a solo singer. So, on my, like, Christmas playlist on my phone, I have the Bare Naked Ladies version of Oh Holy Night and Celine Dion at the Canadian Tenors and Mariah Carey. Um, and Mariah Carey's is really fucking good. Yeah, she's masterful, my dude. But I was listening to that, and then I was listening to Celine Dion's, and I was like, you know, 
if Adele were to record this, I might never have to listen to another version ever again. For sure. Cause she her should voice... do one and just, like, put it out and just have all the proceeds go to the Grenfell charity she supports or yeah. something. Like, she, it would just be, it would just be incredible. Just for us. <laughs> just for us. Come on, please. Somebody, somebody make this so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking that she needs to do a Christmas album and it would be, because she has the voice for it. For sure. Oh, John Legend just put one out, too. I'm going to see if I can get that one on my Spotify. Yeah, I'm sure that's good. I'll have to check that one out. Are we ready for some questions from Mike? Yeah, let's do it. It's getting late. There are five questions total. Uh-huh. Okay, first one. You can go into a Matrix-like simulation of any place in history, i.e. 16th century Venice. Where and when do you explore? Simulation. Yes. Wow. I think it would be absolutely fascinating to see what really happened to Roanoke. (laughs) (laughs) So that would be interesting. But also, like, I don't know, go see Othello in its first performance or something. I think, yeah, I was thinking it would be really interesting to, like, go back in time or go explore uh, London around the time that uh, Anne Boleyn was in the Tower. Ooh, and all of that damn. shit. I think that would be kind of fun. And again, because you're doing the simulation and not um, actually time traveling, you're not going to fuck anything up. Yeah, for sure. And that's the that's the concern. I think what you want to do is is be in a place where it's important. Yeah. In itself, but it's not necessarily dire. Right. Because you'd still, even though it's a simulation, I don't think, I'd want to experience the destruction and the death and yeah, all of that that happens in history. Yeah. But God, I think, London would be so fucking disgusting at that time, Megan. Though. Oh, so gross. I know. Um, speaking of, have you ever watched Filthy Cities on PBS? No. They, they did Writing these it down. series of documentaries, and I, I don't, you can't get them on Netflix, but you can get them on, like, Vimeo or whatever. There's one for Revolutionary Paris. Yep. And the guy just goes through, like, how, um, how gross the city would have been and how, like, part of the conditions in Paris at the time of the French Revolution led to some of the unrest and discontent. Um, it's fascinating. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely that's a factor. fascinating. Um, I was also thinking that another place that I would like to go would be to, uh, Seattle, uh, during my, this past November break, uh, and fire Mike McCarthy after that football game <laughs> instead of waiting two weeks. I feel like it's I would have gone <laughs> Maybe that's real time travel though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I feel like I want that to happen for real. Um, okay. I think, a, just one more. I think a cool simulation would be to go to like Louis the Sun King and the Versailles court. Yes. That would be fascinating. Yes, and, and like, like and, see and, him try to poop in front of everyone, and go and go back, like go there, but also like go later on with like Louis the Sixteenth and like Marie Antoinette when she's like playing out in her little fucking petting zoo or whatever. As everyone starves. Yes. <laughs> Hooray for the aristocracy. Um, okay, question number two. Uh, also, all of these are from Mike. Uh, I heard Dion Phaneuf give an interview recently. What's more surprising about him? That his voice is higher than you'd expect, or that he knows how to talk. 
Actually, I know both of those because he went to my high school, so I have seen him in person speak before. Okay. So, unfortunately, they're not surprises to me. No. No. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's right. He did play in Red Deer, didn't he? He did. That's correct. Because when he was in Edmonton, when he was, like, done his season, I think he went to Ainley. Really? Yeah, when he came back to Edmonton, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Either Ainley or FX. It was one of the two. I can't remember. Um... I would go, like, do, if I didn't know better, I would go with, like, B, <laughs> just because. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, sure. Wait, third question, uh, about Puck Soup, actually. Who should replace Lozo on Puck Soup? And Mike is Team Lambert, and I would say that Lambert killed the podcast, so no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've been thinking about that, too, as to kind of who... Because I'm thinking of past guests of people who I think really crushed it. And it's just rare for them to have a shitty guest. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they don't have, yeah, they don't have bad guests. That's true. They've never really had a bad guest. And they usually have, like, pretty interesting people. No, no, no. Oh, my God. What are we talking about? Obviously the Puck Bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be pretty good. She was amazing. Yeah, that would be a pretty good one. I don't understand her life, and I love her. Yeah, it was, that was pretty good. Although, like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I thought, I mean, it was, I was thinking about it when I read Mike's, when Mike texted me this earlier, and I was like, that's a good, I was like, that's a good question and a good answer about Lambert, but I, I was also like, it's kind of fitting that, like, Lozo's last show was with Lambert as their guest. Yeah. And then Like, it was, it's not gonna be Sean, like, uh, no. Down Goes Brown. No, and it's not gonna be, like, Sean Leahy, and it's not gonna be, like... No. People like that. Because so, Down Goes Brown could not deal with Wish. No, which is one of the reasons why I liked Biscuits so much. Yeah. Because it was a hockey podcast. Well, and, like, his energy is just so different from yeah. Wish. Like, Wish is, Wish is almost to the level of, like, a troll. Mm-hmm. And Lozo was always like, get fucking bent, right? <laughs> but... Lozo was the troll on the Biscuits podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean was like way down there because yeah. he's just very smart. It was really funny. Uh, today, uh, I don't know if I sent it to you, but I saw a tweet from Lozo from I think yesterday about how he said to me about how he's like super happy the podcast is going to continue, you know, and that he yeah. hadn't watched a full hockey game all season. Yeah. Because of whatever. <laughs> but I was but I was reading the replies and so many people were just like, ugh. You know, like, his, like, long size and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to miss that. Um, they and should incorporate that into the theme song. So, like, they should? Or we should? Well, something. No, like, into their, like, don't let the side die. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they should. Or, if or like, a little, like, a soundboard. Right? Where, like, you could... When, when I'm surprised says we haven't reached that gimmick yet. Right? When someone says something really dumb, you hit the button and there's a Lozo side just for just for shits and giggles. Um, two, two more questions. He has an idea. It's not really a question. It's an idea for next week. Uh, and I don't know what your schedule is like, so we'll figure something out. Uh, your Festivus list of disappointment. <laughs> oh, God. Just put all my fucking family on blast. <laughs> uh, and then Related. Are you ready? Oh, God. Well, Jamie and Ben, his whole family is just full of disappointment. Does Jamie Ben use a Festivus box? Of course he 
course not. He only uses a pole. <laughs> there it is. I fucking hate Seinfeld so much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all we have for today. Uh, that's all we have. We talked for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah, classic. Uh, but thanks for listening. This was super fun. Um, it was. We um, don't know what our plans are for the Christmas holidays. But we'll figure something out. I got lots of time. You have lots of time. Yeah, I think I think we are officially, like, back home with nothing to do, like, the 27th. Okay. So, maybe we can fit something in 27th or 28th and then get something out. But it'll, like, we'll do one next week for sure. It just might be a little bit later in the week. Yeah. And hopefully this is how it's regularly going to be. Yeah. A weekly back to usual yeah now that now that our lives are a little bit more settled yeah and we reached we reached a a a big milestone the other day which i won't quite say but we're hopefully gonna have some really cool really funny merch coming soon yeah well yeah in time for um 2019 i hope so we'll we'll see about that hopefully big news soon yeah um so thanks for listening you can find our stuff on itunes or SoundCloud, SoundCloud or Stitcher or Google Play. I was like, nope, that's not the thing I want to say. Um, you can email us at garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com. We have a website. Garbagefirepodcast.com. Yeah, thanks, Tyler, for that. Um, Thank you, Tyler. You can find me on the Twitter at MIG14. You can find me at the Twitter at garbagefirepod. You can find us on Instagram at garbagefirepodcast. Correct. I want to say something about Twitter for a second. So I oh tweeted God, it. Oh God! In the ending, everyone's gonna miss it because I've already just deleted. That's fine. I tweet. I just need to say this. It just needs to be out there. Um, I tweeted this out the other day. At one moment in time last week, I had nineteen hundred followers on my Twitter account, which, like, whatever. You foolish people! What is wrong with you? But then I like didn't say anything for two days, and I lost like seven followers. And I was like, how does? I don't understand what people do. Like, I just anyway. I don't understand. I'm always, I'm always really curious, and I wish there was a way to know, like, what's the thing you just tweeted and then someone follows you? And then what's the thing that you tweet when someone unfollows you? That's, like, I'm always curious as to what those things are. What those thresholds are? Yeah. Like, what is it that I've said that someone is like, oh, yeah, these are all great, like, I, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, nope, that is a bridge too far. Delete. I feel like the answer to both those questions are Jamie Venn related. It's possible. I wrote, I uh, typed the words uh, Venn diagram today, yesterday, yesterday, and it definitely autocorrected to Venn diagram capital B. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> this is what our lives have become. Although, <laughs> Brian Boyle, I yelled that out yesterday because he scored a goal. Uh, I typed out Brian in all caps on my phone, and automatically it put it knew that it was going to be Boyle in all caps. And then American Hero? <laughs> no, it just knew his last name. I'm so bummed I missed, I missed a few games because I was at a Christmas party last yeah. night, but fucking if they couldn't just goddamn get a regular win yeah. again. Or like just win a fucking game, maybe. <sighs> Anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, anyway. anyway, that's a tangent. That should have been about ten minutes ago. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, look for all of our things on the internet. And we will have some more uh, regularly scheduled programming for you in the near-ish future. Yes. 
And, I think uh, that's it. Yeah, and as always, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster. <laughs>